Greetings and welcome back to another ongoing series of Shirvan Daf Yomi. My name is Yitzchak Et Shalom and we are now in Masachet Sota Daf Tet Amud Bet about to begin the last two Mishnayot of the first parak, which are all Agadah picking up on the previous Mishnah which presented the principle of Midah Keneged Midah poetic justice as it's called and uh, we, this entire section that we're going to do today, and really all the way to the end of the chapter, is going to be Agadah. That's why the handout is mm, about 98% verses, and then just a couple notes below what room there is, to identify what subjects are being tackled. Shimshon Halacha Charinav. Shimshon was following, followed his eyes. In other words, he strayed after his eyes. That's why his eyes ended up getting poked out by the Philistines. This is what happened when the Plishtim captured him in Delilah's house. Uh, it's very worthwhile, just as an advisory, for um, and everyone to familiarize yourself with the story of Shimshon, uh, which is Shoftim chapter 13 through 16, especially 14 and 16. Those two chapters are really the critical ones for this entire sugya. Many, many of the verses are quoted. I put them on the page, not in the order that they appear in the text, but the, the order they appear in the, in the Agadah we have in front of us. But I remember Chazal, who were discussing this, were familiar with the entire Parsha. Okay. Avshalom Avshalom David's rebellious son took pride in his hair. That's why he ended up dying, get caught, getting caught by his hair in the tree. We'll see all of this explicated in the Gemara. Since he had relations with ten of his father's concubines that David had left behind to sort of keep a, a toehold for um, for David in Yerushalayim, and Avshalom on the advice of Achitofel had relations with them publicly. That's why there were ten staves stuck into him when he was hanging from the tree. He was surrounded by ten men, and they stabbed him uh, at the end of the war on the other side of the Jordan. Since he stole three thefts, meaning that he tricked three different entities, Lev Aviv, he tricked his father, Velev Beitin, and Velev Yisrael, and that is at the beginning of the 15th chapter of Shmuel Bet, where David tells his father that he's going to Hebron for a korban, and he fools people into thinking that he has their best interests at heart, etc. Right? And we have the pasuk quoted. That's why there were three staves that were stuck into him also. He stuck them into Avshalom's heart. Now, the last Mishnah is, and this we will not, we'll do very quickly because this is not going to be analyzed in today's podcast, it'll be part of the next podcast. The same is true in a good way. Miriam waited for Moshe by the reeds for one hour to see how he was doing when he was a baby. Therefore, when she had Sarat, B'nai Yisrael waited, the entire camp waited for her one week till she was healed. Yosef was the one who oversaw the burial of his father. He was the greatest of his brothers. He had horses and chariots and and um, and look how great Yosef was who took care of burying him, Moshe. 
Moshe zachah b'atzvon Yosef in Yisrael gadol menu, and there was nobody greater in Bnei Yisrael than Moshe, and he took care of Yosef's bones. Shneimar kach Moshe b'atzvon Yosef imo. This one Bnei Yisrael left. Moshe took Yosef's bones. Mi gadol Moshe shen lasek bo al makom, and who who was it who took care of burying Moshe? None other than the Rebbeinu Shalom. Shneimar like bo tovagai. He buried him in the valley. Right. So in other words, that Yosef merited, in spite of his greatness, involving himself in the burial of his father, not entrusting it to others, that Moshe involved himself in his burial. And Moshe merited through that that HaKadosh Baruch Hu involved himself in his burial. Lo Moshe Bovanamru, it's not just about Moshe, El Al-Kol This is true about all tzaddikim shenamar, falach lefanecha tzidkecha, kvod Adonai yasfecha, that Hashem will gather you in. So if to say, is not unique to Moshe, and this is a beautiful agadic end to an agadic Mishnah, which is about both punishment first and then about reward being given by a Kodesh Baruch Hu in kind for your actions. Now, the bright, uh, the first bright that we're going to see, and the whole first piece we're going to see, is a full explication of the life of Shimshon, really, through the eyes of the Agadah. Shimshon rebelled against God using his eyes. At the beginning the Shimshon story, the first thing that happens is he falls in love, or is taken by a uh, by the wiles, or the beauty of a Philistine girl which is all, as we'll see later on in the text, God's plan to get uh, Shimshon entangled with the police team so that he'll end up fighting with against them, which of course happened and that's why the police team ended up poking out his eyes Amy, is that really true? His parents didn't know that this was all God's plan. Meaning that that Shimshon going after this girl was directed by God. If so, that he didn't do something wrong. Why should he be punished by having his eyes poked out? The answer is, Yes, it was God's plan, but Shimshon was still following his own eyes, and he allowed his eyes to stray and be taken by this physical beauty. Therefore, he ended up with his eyes poked out. Tanya, Rebbe says that Shimshon's downfall began in Azza, the beginning of the 16th chapter. There's a short passage which says that he went to Azza, we'll see it in a second, and uh, lay there with a prostitute. Therefore, he ended up getting punished in Azza, which is where the Dagon Temple in his day was, and that's where they took him for the whole spectacle uh, where he ended up literally bringing the house down. Therefore, he was punished. The Philistim took him down to Aza. But at much earlier in the text, it says that Shimshon went down to Timnat to go after that first Philistim girl. The answer is Tchilat Miha Ba'azaya. Yes, but his first real downfall was in Aza. Now, unclear whether the Gemara is saying that the story at the beginning of chapter 16 happened before chapter 14, which is highly unlikely, not because of the sequence of the text, but because Shimshon going to Aza was an opportunity for the police team to say, now let's kill him. They had no reason to do that in chapter 14. Um, or whether it's just saying that everything he did till then was not really a downfall. So again, that's unclear because we accused him of following his eyes in chapter 14. In any case, um, The very famous story of Shimshon and Delilah, which is the bulk of chapter 16, happens immediately after that story in Aza. Dililah is a perfect name for it. It wasn't a name we'd call her then anyways. Why? She weakened his strength. She weakened his heart, meaning his resolve. She weakened his actions. 
What's that? Dilvad kocho. After she got him to admit what the secret was and she cut his hair, his strength was gone. Dilvad libo, she weakened his resolve. Lila, finally, after pestering him, and he gave all sorts of false answers as to what his strength was, finally told her about his hair, and she said she saw that he had told her everything, and we could and and uh, and admitted what the real secret was. And she weakened his actions because Baruch left him. did not know when he woke up that Hashem had left him, and therefore when he tried to take the plishtim, they took him. Let's look at that text. How did Delilah know that Shimshon this time, the fourth time, was really telling the truth? So he gives the following answer. It's something about intuition. People could tell when somebody's telling the truth. Abayah says something quite curious. He refers to Shimshon as Otot Sadiq. And Delilah knew that he would not say Shem Hashem for no reason. When she asked him what his secret is, after the first three times when he told her nonsense answers, uh, he said, I am a Nazir to God. She said, now he's really telling the truth. He wouldn't say God's name for naught. Now, so she kept pestering him, and she really pushed uh, pushed him until finally he uh, he he told he he. Uh, Told her what the secret was. My What does that mean? That word. They would be having relations, and just when he was about to complete, she would sneak out and frustrate him very much, and, and tell him, "I'm not going to complete it until you tell me what's going on." This now goes back to the beginning of the Shemeshon story, when his mother, Mrs. Manoach, is told by the Malach, "You're pregnant, and now do not drink wine and don't eat anything tamei." My call to me. What does that mean? The two and By the way, does that mean Mrs. Manoach is eating dvarim tameim? What does davar tameim mean? Anything that a nazir can't eat. So don't drink wine. It means also don't eat grapes. Now, in the middle of the Shimshon story, when Shimshon, after he kills a thousand plishtim with the uh, jawbone of an ass, he uh, he is thirsty and he calls out to God, and God takes the middle of that jawbone, breaks it open, and a uh, and a uh, a well is found there, so he has uh, water. Right, so he opened up this this bowl. He wanted the Devar that's his Plishti girl, therefore he ended up relying for his life on a Devar meaning it was a jawbone of a, an unkosher animal that was opened up to give him water. You could see that Chazal are quite divided about Shemeshon. Otot Sadiq, on the other hand, Devar uh, there's tremendous tension in the story. The end of chapter 13, when he grows up, is that Hashem's spirit was, um, beat with him uh, as he grew up. What does it mean, Vatachel? It means now it's the time for Yaakov's prophecy to come true. When he had his prophecy on his deathbed, he talked about the different Shvatim, he talked about Dan. He said, Dan will be a snake on the road that's going to bite everything coming by. And that's Shimshon. So now it's time for that Nevoah to come true. The end of the verse says that Hashem's spirit had him beating through Machanedan. We're now playing with the word Lefaim, which means to beat, as in rhythm, 
as a pa'amon, that the Shechina was ringing like a bell in front of him. That the me'il of the coin Gala has these little bells on it. Now, Ben Sorau, Ben Eshtaol, it says that uh, he was between these two towns of Tzorah and Eshtaol. We know where they are. Amarabi Asi, Tzorah, by the way, was a very important Palmach uh, uh, center uh, during the pre war. Era in forty-seven and forty-eight. So Ravasi says there were two big mountains. He picked them up and he ground them together. In the middle of that prophecy in thirteen, chapter thirteen, the Malach says to Mrs. Manoach, he is going to begin to save Am Yisrael from the Plishtim. What is Yachel? Earlier we used Yachel, we interpreted it as to begin. Here, it is to release, in other words, to profane. Yavimelech and Avram made a, made a covenant, and now he's saying that covenant, which is a covenant of mutual non-aggression with the police team, has now been rescinded. He made this covenant with Avram, that you will be honest with me and my children, my descendants, you and your descendants will. said, that's off now. Now we can go to war against them. So Shimshon is growing up. He says, Hashem blessed him. How did Hashem bless him? It's a very curious passage. That his uh, organ was very large. Even though he had a normal size organ, but the stream that flew from it, um, was like a gushing river. Uh, that theme is going to come back a little bit later when we visit Shimshon in prison. This is at the end of Shimshon's life, when he's in the Plishti temple and they're making him dance and making sport of him, he asks Hashem to please give him a chance one more time to take one vengeance for his two eyes that were poked out. This is what's under the tefillah. Remember the 20 years that I led on Israel. I didn't ever ask anybody to do any favors for me. That's what he's saying, Zachreinina. One thing I ask of you, let me bring this house down and destroy them. Now, in the middle of the Shimshon story, after he and his uh, Plishti family uh, in-laws have a big fight, he comes back and he wants to be with his wife, and his wife's been given to somebody else. So he gets very angry, and he takes 300 foxes and ties their tails together and puts torches in between their tails and burns down a lot of the... Um, Plishti crops. So Maishna Shualim, why did he take foxes? Rav Aibu Bar Nagdi Am Rav Chia Bar Abba Amar Shimshon. The reason is he said as follows. Yavo Misha Chozer La'achorav, the one who always is in retreat. And Yiframi Plishti Misha Chazur Bishvuatan. And he should take vengeance, meaning they should be the vehicle for vengeance against the Plishtim who lied and went back against their oath. So we have this tradition that Shimshon's shoulders were 60 amot, that's let's say 100 feet wide. In that story in Azza, the beginning of chapter 16, again, I strongly recommend you read the story of Shimshon um, to, to be able to follow this. Because again, the Agadot go willy-nilly back and forth between the beginning, the middle, the end, the middle... 
Shimshon lay there with that zona until half the night. He picked up the gates of the city of Aza, and the doorposts. He picked them up and carried them with the bolt. And he carried them up to Hebron, or towards Hebron. We have a tradition that the gates of Aza were 60 amot, at least 60 amot wide. Alright? Uh, at the end of his life, just before he comes out for that exhibition and kills everybody, it says that he was milling or grinding in the prison. Litchon, grinding, is a euphemism for sin, specifically sexual sin. My wife is going after another. What happened, as we see it's specifically sexual sin, is that every man brought his wife to prison because they all wanted Shimshon to impregnate her. And evidently the Chazal understand that he, uh, he was complicit. That's why they say, So before the one who normally drinks wine, you put wine. Before the one who normally works the ground, You give him things from the ground. In other words, everybody gets what they're, what they're accustomed to. He's accustomed to being with women, so that's what you bring him. Anybody who has an affair, so his wife is also going to be having an affair. In that pasuk we just quoted from Eov, it's preceded by him saying, if I was seduced over after another woman, and I waited at my other fellow's door to for him to leave so I could be with her. In the meantime, other people are coming after my wife. In other words, said he while he is with the uh, with the pumpkin, she's with the squash. In other words, um, that uh, they sort of are mirror images uh, of each other, right, and of their behavior. Again, a very positive statement. Shimshon judged or led his people like Hashem. This is back to Yaakov's prophecy. Dan will judge his people like one. What's Echad? Like Hashem. Everybody seems to understand, though, that Yaakov's prophecy was fulfilled in the person of Shimshon. Shimshon's name is because of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Hashem is a son and a, and a protector, uh, and so Shimshon is Shemesh, right? It's very, by the way, parenthetically, Shimshon may be called Shimshon because he was in the area of Beit Shemesh. Elameata, that's where Tzorah and Eshtol are. Elameata lo so if that's the case, then you can't erase the name Shimshon. Elamein Shmo Shal HaKadosh Baruch Hu. His name is not HaKadosh Baruch Hu's name, but it's like it. Ma HaKadosh Baruch Hu Megin HaKol Olam Kulo, just like Hashem protects the world, have Shimshon Megin Medoral Yisrael, Shimshon protected Am Yisrael and his generation. V'yamar of Yochanan, Bilam was lame in one foot, one leg, When he went to do the Korban, it says he went Shefi. And if that's the case, the Shimshon was lame in both legs, which of course makes his actions even that greater. In the same prophecy about the snake, he's a Shfifon, like Shefi times two. Five were created similar to their model in heaven. And that's exactly where they suffered. Shimshon Bekocho. Shimshon had strength that was similar to heavenly strength. Shaul Betzavaro. Shaul 
uh, and his his neck. He was tall. Avshalom Saro, his hair. Tzidkiyahu be'enav. He had beautiful eyes. Asam raglav. Had very fast feet. Asam melech yuda. Shimshon mikocho. Dichtiv ayasa kocho me'alav. Well, the first sign when Shimshon really was on his downfall was when it says his strength left him. Evidently, Chazal understand that at the end of Shmuel Aleph, where Shaul commits suicide, that he that he was stabbed in the neck. Remember, Shaul was first described in uh, in Perak uh, Yud Aleph as being Mishichmovamala. Uh, sorry, in Perak Yud Beresh, Mishichmovamala. Gavomi Kolam, sorry, in, in the end of Perakyad, in Mitzpah, where they, where he's, where he's anointed, has being head and shoulders above the people. That's where the phrase comes from. Avshalom Saro, we'll get to that later. Tzidkiah Be'inav, Tzidkiah, who evidently had beautiful eyes, ended up suffering with his eyes. Dichtiv, at the end of Sefer Malachim, at Reinet Tzidkiah Uiver, they killed all of Tzidkiah's kids as Tzidkiah tried to run away. The Bavlim caught him, they killed his kids in front of him, and then they poked his eyes out. Asab Raglav, Dichtiv, Rakla, Itzik Nato, Chalat Raglav. That only when Asa was old, his legs were not good. Implication being that originally he was fleet of foot. He had some sort of foot disease. What's it like? It's like a needle in flesh. Right? So, how did, how did Rav Nachman know what it was like? One possibility is he had the disease also. The other possibility is, hear this tradition from his teacher. We had this earlier when discussing how Benazai knew how long uh, Stira would be. The same three answers that perhaps he had experienced it, perhaps he heard it from his rabbi, or perhaps he had some secret esoteric information. So why was Asa punished? Asa was a good king. He was one of the few really good kings. Why was he punished that he should have this disease? He put Tamini Chachamim to work for his own purposes. He gathered them all to, to work for him, and it said, He didn't leave anybody out. He even took a Chatan and a Kala, and, and in the middle of their celebration, put them to work for himself. Nobody was left out. Now back to Shimshon Ktiv, I heard Shimshon Timnata, Uchtiv, Hinechamich Ole Timnata. It says that Shimshon went down to Timna, and in the story of Yehuda and Tamar, they told Tamar, here, your father-in-law is going up to Timna. Go meet him there, etc. And that's where, of course, David ends up coming from. Amor Velazar, so the question that's being asked is, is Timna on a hill or in a valley? Of course, the simple answer is, it kind of depends where you are. It's either up or down, depending on where you're coming from. The answer is that both Yerida and Aliyah here are being used not topographically, but uh, value-wise. Shimshon found his, Shimshon was degraded by what he did in Timna, going after this Plishti girl. Therefore, it says he went down. Yehuda Shintaleba, Yehuda, on the other hand, was raised up as a result. This is where he, he uh, met Tamar and ultimately did Tshuva, etc. Therefore, Ktiv Be'aliyah, it says Aliyah, going up. It says there's two towns called Timna. One on a hill, one in a valley. Papa Mar, very simply, there's one town called Timna. If you're coming from one side, you're going down. If you're coming from another side, you're going up. So they give several examples of towns that are near the Tigris River that are situated halfway up a hill. So it depends, you could be going down to the town or up to the town.
Now, back in the story of Yudan Tamar, Ratesha Befetach Inayim. says that Tamar went and sat Befetach Inayim. What's that? She went and sat at the doorway where Avraham um, had been. Avraham is no longer alive, but where Avraham's tent was. A place that everybody looks to. She sat in a, in a central place. He said, differs. He disagrees. He says, there's a place called Enaim. lists the towns of Yehudah. So Enaim could be Enaim. And she she gave proof to her words. When this man was Yehuda, wanted this girl, he didn't know it was Tamar, to have relations with her. He said, maybe you're a foreigner. I've converted. Maybe you're married. I'm unmarried. Maybe your father accepted Kedushin for you. I have no father. Shema Tmeat, maybe you're Anida, Amrale Tahorani. In other words, she had an answer for every question he had, so that she could have relations with him, which is exactly what she wanted, in order to can maintain the family line right now. Back in we're rolling back to Avram. Vaita Eshel Shaba. The Avram built an Eshel, or planted, sorry, an Eshel, which is a, a terebinth, a kind of a tree, a tamarisk, in Beersheba. Amr Shlokish Pardes. So Rashaka says he planted an orchard, but Ataba Komine planted all sorts of sweet fruit. Pundak, either an orchard or an inn. I understand the orchard it says he planted. Pundak Apadno. As a Pasuk in Daniel where you see that plant that setting up a tent can also take the verb Vaita Vaita Ohali Apadno. What did Avram do at this Eshel, whatever it is? He called out in Hashem's name. Don't read Vayikra. He he called out Ella Vayakri. He called first he he had others call out. Caused others to call out. Yet everybody who passed by ended up calling out in a Kodesh Baruch Hu's name. Kate said, how did that happen? After he gave them to eat and drink, they got up to bless him and thank him. You ate my food. You ate food of the God of the world. Give thanks to him. So Avramah caused them to give thanks. Now, back in the Yudan Tamar story, This is a famous Haggadah, we had it at Megillah also, at the end of the first parak. Yudah saw her and thought she was a Zona because she covered her face. Because she covered her face, he thought she was a Zona. That's kind of the opposite of what you expect. The answer is not that she covered her face now, but rather because she kept her face covered in his house. When she was his daughter-in-law, he didn't recognize her. As a lesson he learned from Tamar, any daughter-in-law who is modest in her father-in-law's house merits having both kings and prophets come from her. Manala and Mitamar. Nevi'im. How do we know Nevi'im? Dichtiv. Chazon Yishayahu ven Amotz. And we'll find out that Amotz is a descendant of David. Malachim mi David. 
And because after all, David comes from that line. This is also in Megillah. We have a, a Masoret that Amotz v'Amatzia Achim Havu. That Amatzia, the king, and Amotz, the father of Yeshayahu, were brothers. Amatzia, of course, a descendant of David. She means Amotz is a descendant of David, which means Yeshayahu is, which means that she has both kings and prophets come from her. He mutzait. This is when Tamar is about to be burned because of her pregnancy. She is taken out. He mitotzait ribayale. It should be that she is being brought out. Well, so why is it worded that? Here's what happened. We have this bad angel, Samael, that keeps trying to push her simanim away, the ones that she has to prove that Yudah is the father. Gavriel Gavriel kept bringing them closer so that Yudah could recognize them. That's why we have this pasuk. It's a song of Yonat Elam, the mute pigeon, uh, which is far away from David. Alright, what is Mikhtam of Yochumashni Trachku Simaneha Said Kyonai Lemet? When the Simanim became blurred or distant from Yehuda, she became like a, a mute pigeon. She had no claim. The David Mikhtam, why did say that? She had some David Shaya Mach Vitam Lakol. Why did say the David Mikhtam? Because even though those things were Rechokim, they were brought close, Yehuda saw who she was, Yehuda spared her, she ended up having a kid, and from there came David, who was Mikhtam Mach Vitam, soft and perfect. The other drush on Michtam is that his wound was perfect. He was born circumcised. Even as he was, when he was young, he made himself humble to study from anybody who was greater than him. Even when he was older, he did that. Many, many Masorot, specifically Masachat Brachot, about David studying Torah. So when Yehuda was going to have her killed, she sent the message to Yehuda saying, These are the Simanim, the man who owns these Simanim, that's the man from whom I'm pregnant. Why doesn't she just tell him? Famous It's better for a person to allow themselves to be thrown into a fiery pit, a furnace, as opposed to embarrassing their fellow. So Tamar was, would not say it's you. She'd say, see if you recognize who it is. Let Yehuda make the decision. She would not embarrass him. She said, Hakerna. So what did she say? Recognize, see if you know these simanim. And this is back to Midah, Kenegad Midah. He told his father about Yosef and telling him that Yosef was dead with the word Haker. So he got his comeuppance with the same word Haker. He said, Yehuda said, sent the message, recognize, see if this is your son's garment. So that's what he got when Tamar showed him and said, So he's really doing tshuva for many things here. What's na? Even though na in pshat means now. See the Ibn Ezra all over Tehillim. Nonetheless, Alpiyah Adrash, na is request, please. When she said, she meant, please take a good look and recognize HaKadosh Baruch Hu and don't ignore me.
recognize responsibility. Now, Yehuda recognized them, he accepted them, he said, she is more righteous than I. Yosef, who sanctified God's name in seclusion with Mrs. Potiphar, they ended up adding one letter of Hashem's name to his name, and by the way, that's the way it's written on the Choshen. Yehuda, who sanctified God's name publicly with Tamar, his entire name is Hashem's name with a dollar throne. So when he saved Tamar from at his own expense of his reputation from being burned, Ibatko came out and said, You saved Tamar and her two children. She has inside of them of her from the fire. I will save three of your children. Those three boys in the book of Daniel who are spared from the fire. Meshach, Shadrach, Abednego. Now, Sadkami Mani, what does Yudah say? Menayada, how do you know that? Uh, that a Batko came out and said, This is all planned for me. This is Hashem's plan. What does it mean say at the end of that passage? What does it mean say Once he already had relations with her, he never left her again. He stayed with her. There's two, Rashi quotes two pshats, but this is the one the Gemara states, which is not that he avoid, he never was with her again, but he never left her again. In Moshe Rabbeinu's recounting, a re- recap of Vaserat Adibrot, Mamar Arsina, he says, a great voice that did not cease. Okay, the end of the section of the Mishnah that we're analyzing today is about Avshalom. Avshalom nitkai besaro. From an Avshalom saro marad. He used his hair to rebel. Meaning that's where his gaiva was. He would have this yearly festival. Of course, in Nazir it takes a whole different role of Nazir Olam. But it was a... Fancy big festival of his hair cutting. It was two hundred of these stones that are used by the, the merchants in Tverian Tsipori. Because he took such pride in his hair, therefore he suffered with his hair. Shnemar, Vayikare, Avshalom Lifne Avde David, Avshalom encountered David's uh, soldiers. Avshalom Ocheval Aperet, he was riding on a mule. Vayavah Aperet Tachat Shovech Ha'ila, he was underneath a low branch. Of the uh, of the tree, his head got caught in there. And Chazal understand it was his hair. Pshat is it was his head got caught in that branch and it was hanging. And the and the mule kept going, right? As he was hanging, Hades opened up in front of him. At the beginning, uh, when David finally learns of Avshalom's death, that happened after he was hanging, and Yoav stabbed him, as we saw in the Mishnah, um, the king weeps and moans, and nine, nine times he says the word, Bani Bani. So what are these eight or nine mentions of Bani Bani? He said it 
seven times to raise Avshalom from each of the levels of Gana. The other one is he somehow was able to bring his head close to his body. Or to bring him to the world to come. There's a flashback at the, as Avshalom was dying, and when he was, he had taken, he had set up a memorial for himself before he had kids. Mailakach, which is called the Yad Shalom. It's not the Yad Shalom we have, which is from Maccabean era. Mailakach mishlokes shalakach mekachrali atzmo. Lakach means he did a bad, took a bad, bad advice. What does it mean that it was in the king valley? The king's valley. It was through because of the deep counsel of Hashem's uh, Hashem was the king. In the aftermath of the Batsheva Uriah incident, David is told, you're going to have an evil rise up from your household. And that ended up being Avshalom. Uh, as you take a look in Parakut Bet and Shmuel Bet, and you'll see how much of that is fulfilled by Avshalom. And this is what Avshalom's uh, decision, which was caused by Hashem's um, advice. You see something similar, but in the opposite direction. When Yaakov escorted Yosef to go to his brothers, it says he sent him from Emek Hebron. And that bothers Chazal because they see Hebron as being on a hill and not in a valley. He said, what does it mean? It means from the deep counsel of the one who was buried in Hebron. Because God had promised your kids are going to be enslaved. How will that happen? By Yosef going to his brothers, his brothers ending up leading to him being sold as a slave to Egypt, which will lead to them descending to Egypt, will lead to their slavery, etc. Now, why did Avshalom set this up? Because he said, I have no children. He didn't have children. Of course, it's a flashback, but they're reading it in sequence. It was Tamar, beautiful. Meaning he didn't have a son who was worthy of taking over as a king. We have a tradition that anybody who burns down another fellow's field will not have a son who is worthy of inheriting from him. And he burned down Yoav's field. This is when Yoav had successfully gotten David to bring Avshalom uh, back to Yerushalayim, but he refused to see him, and Avshalom kept sending messages to Yoav, and Yoav refused to respond, so Avshalom burned down his field. He says, aha, anybody who burns down his fellow's field does not have a proper son, and that explains why Avshalom built the monument, because he, not because he didn't have any children, he did not have a child worthy of taking over. We will pick up in Mirza Hashem in the next podcast with the set last Mishnah, and see the very beautiful long Midrash about the beginning of Sefer Shemot. In the meantime, everybody should have a wonderful day.